This is Stover, the barbecue hunk. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Have a hunky day. We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am the aforementioned program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show here tonight, happy to have you. And here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQ Central Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter coming up in about 13 minutes from now. Missed them last week, but they said they would reload for this week in order to make their quarterly appearance. We will be joined by none other than the creators of Hey Grill. Hey, Susie and Todd Bullock. Excited to catch up with them. After that, it is the fourth Tuesday of a month, and in the first hour, 35 past. That means... We will be joined by the bristly barbecue journalist himself and Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, Derek Riches, DerekRiches.com. Then we will move to the second hour, and what a second hour it's going to be. At 14 past the second hour, you know what's happening in and on the fourth Tuesday in the second hour. What's happening? The embedded correspondents will be filing in, as always. But we'll take a little bit of a break from the traditional embedded correspondence segment setup because we will be announcing exclusively on the show tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, which I will get to here in just a second, who will make up the 2022 Barbecue Hall of Fame. Four people living this year, three people on the legacy side. The embedded correspondents and I will be trying our hand at saying who we would put in tomorrow. As we cipher through the nine finalists and ultimately come to a quorum to pick four who we feel might be chosen to get put in tomorrow. We'll see how right or how wrong we are. History has proven roughly 40% correct over the life of doing this. So we'll see if we can up the ante a little bit more. And that's what goes on in the first segment in the second hour. Second segment, you know what's coming. 35 past the hour. Month two, Barbecue Central Show, American Idol, comes to a second month. Rusty, John, myself, singing our hearts out for your votes, the votes of America. 
Doug was kicked out last month, of course, so he will be sitting in to guest judge along with Bobby, Maddie, and Marley Rempe, my daughter, who will be in studio this month. And, of course, the lead singer of the officially unofficial band of the Barbecue Central Show, Three Years Hollow, Jose Urquiza, will be joining us for the second month in a row. So very I'm excited. not here to fuck spot. All right. So very excited to get month two kicked off. And seeing what's in store as far as songs that we'll be singing, uh, again, I don't listen to anything in advance because I want to be just as surprised as everybody else at either the professionalism or the tragedy that would befall the singer that is trying their hardest to impress and win votes. So that's your show this evening. Susie and Todd Bullock, Hey Grill Hey, coming up here shortly. Derek Rich is after that. Embedded Correspondence kicking off the 14 pass second hour and 35 pass. We close out with month two of American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition. Lots to get to here as far as emails. Before I do that, let me tell you, you can follow me, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, at BBQ Central Show for live video feeds of this show right tonight. Go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also one over on YouTube slash RD Rempe. And we also have a live audio stream going on Clubhouse as well. So look me up and follow me over there if you can't watch the show or you can always get it in podcast fashion at your convenience. And let's start here tonight. A bit of programming notes for tomorrow, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago. And I will remind you next hour as well in the open tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Emily Park from the American Royal joins me again. And we will exclusively announce which four of the nine finalists we announced two weeks ago on the show will comprise the 2022 Barbecue Hall of Fame class. That's very exciting. We'll see who makes it in. Send me your picks during the show, and we'll see how right and how wrong we are. As I had mentioned, the Embedded Correspondents and I will try our hand at picking who will go in tomorrow. But 3 p.m. tomorrow, exclusively 3 p.m. Eastern, Emily Park and I dole out who will comprise the 2022 class for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. So set your clocks for that, or that's also recorded for podcast. But try and make it live. It's fun and exciting to see who is revealed. And again, I'll remind you in the second hour. Listener feedback as we get through last week's show. Chuck in Chattanooga writes in, Greg, Tim and Brad winning Memphis in May is an absolute coup. And I love every second of it. The fact that Tim said on your show last week that they are not whole hog cookers and then one whole hog and the overall title certainly speaks to the level of cooks that they are. I'm sure in private, either one would take more credit than the other, but in public, they are saying and doing all the right things, and it was cool to see it happen for them. Love the show. Regards, Chuck. Chuck, thank you for writing in. I have no knowledge if one would take more credit than the other, only in a joking sense, as Tim did last week, but they seem to work pretty well as a pair, and again, as Alpha Pitmasters, kind of shocking to see that, but they have a fifth place ribs finish first time they ever went to Memphis in May three years ago they won shoulder last year and then they win whole hog and they win the whole thing this past or two weeks ago now so very exciting to see their success and traditional KCBS guys as well Ben in Cleveland writing in great interview with Tim Shear why didn't I ever think of winning the barbecue world championship with an ugly drum smoker that doubles as a hot tub do you think his hot and fast method for whole hog is a one and done, or is it here to stay? You have to start selling time slots on your show as a guaranteed way to change one's karma. You will just have to have filler material 
for all the no-shows. Also, I liked your talk with Kevin Sandridge, but I just want to clarify his 1986 music trivia, Billboard Magazine's Top 100 Singles in 1986, only listed Word Up at number 68 and Higher Love at number 20. Number one was That's What Friends Are For with Dionne Warwick and Friends, and number two was Say You, Say Me, a classic by Lionel Richie. If you're going to go as low as 68 to capture the 1986 music scene, you have to at least mention number 28, Rock Me Amadeus by Falco, and number 30, You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. And who could forget number seven, Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy. Now we have a better picture of 1986. However, Bomb City USA has blocked 1986 out anyway since that was the year of the drive. And there's no reason to bring that up. Not sure if burgers are here to stay in barbecue joints, although they do serve as cheap alternatives. I agree with you that meatloaf should be a standard. However, there may still be some harsh feelings since Weber decided to release the meatloaf recipe this year on the day meatloaf died. Perhaps all barbecue joints who serve meatloaf should donate the proceeds once a year to meatloaf's family. Regards, Ben. Ben, great email. Good for you. Way to thumb it up. Peter in Texas, Greg, what gives with Chuck Blount? The first time I can let the tech issues slide, but how can you do the exact same thing the second time around? Chuck, you don't know what the right side of the microphone looks like from the wrong side of the microphone. There's a whole windscreen on it that tells you where to speak. Come on, Chuck. That being said, love the hamburger showing up on barbecue menus talk. That was interesting. To me, it does seem a bit risky. However, Love to see the progress of that trend. Love the show. Regards, Peter. Dave in Charlottesville writing in. Malcolm has already done smoked burgers on a past video. He would have talking points on them next time you have a mom. Also, thank you for the recent roundtable series with him. Lastly, as good a guy he is, I wonder if he would ever consider no-showing your segment to try and win Memphis in May. Damned if he does. Damned if he doesn't. Regards, Dave. Dave, we're not... Looking to get any type of grassroots movement on people not showing up for the show for good luck later in the week for competitions. Lastly, Braden in Massachusetts. Hello, Greg. My name is Braden from the great state and commonwealth of Massachusetts. I'm a 14-year-old who's been listening since I was eight. I've been wondering at the first Tuesday of this month why Sam the Cooking Guy wasn't on. Did he stop coming on, or was it just this particular Tuesday night? Braden, fear not. Number one, thank you for listening for the last six years. And being a 14-year-old listening to the Barbecue Central show, Sam will be on next month. He was out of the country last month, or at the beginning of this month, believe it or not. So there you have it. Uh, Susie and Todd Bullock waiting to come in here. Before we do that, I'll talk to you quickly about Oklahoma Joe's Smokers and Grills. Since the company's humble beginnings in 1987, Oklahoma Joe's has helped those who participate the process and craft of smoking. What began with Joe Davidson, a member of the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and a dozen of hand-built smokers at the Oklahoma State Fair over 30 years ago has since forged an Oklahoma Joe's brand that has built some of the most trusted and sought-after smokers on the market. Oklahoma Joe's has a proud history of creating uncompromising smokers and grills with a carefully crafted design and the newest generation of the popular Rider Series pellet grills carries on that tradition. The new feature in the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe pellet grills include a pit control 2.0 system that delivers the category's first dual sensor temperature control, 
fire focus, dual sensor feedback, optimized temperature control based on the selected style of cooking, that being low and slow or high heat grilling, and a power feed system that boasts high torque auger motors that power through pellets for incredible power and performance. Also, the new Rider Deluxe series builds on several popular features, including the smoke and sear modes, which feature an impressive temperature range that runs from 200 degrees Fahrenheit to a searing hot 650 degrees if you need it, and a 20-pound quick-draw hopper that allows unused pellets to be drained in seconds for simple storage, removal, or swapping out of pellet flavors. You pick. Visit OklahomaJoes.com right now. Check out all the smokers, order the one that's best for you, or find a retailer near you. That's OklahomaJoes.com. OklahomaJoes.com, newest sponsor of the show. Happy to have them. We'll be back with the gang over at Hey Grill Hey. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit BBQ guru.com for more information or give them a call at 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Leading off the first hour, joining me for their second quarterly visit of the year, the creators of Hey Grill Hey, one of the most recognizable and popular names in the live fire space. Many things have happened since our last visit, so it's time to catch up. We race to the Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX Hotline, and welcome back, friends of the show, Susie and Todd Bullock. Hey, gang, how are we? Super duper. Hello. Super duper. Hello, Jerry. Super Never duper. mind. So, uh, last no, time, no. last time you guys were on, we established that perhaps Valentine's Day wasn't really both of your styles, but. Memorial Day is coming up in a few oh, short weeks. It's time. Is that more is that more the the holiday style for you guys at Hey Grill Hey? Well, first off, we don't want to lose focus of what I think the holiday is all about for sure, but yeah, I think as far as grilling and barbecue goes, that's kind of like our Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're as in terms of like the Hey Grill Hey calendar year, January through April is like nose to the grind. We're building stuff behind the scenes. We're working on the website. This year, we've been working on the grill squad like crazy. And the goal for us is to have everything as operational and exciting as possible pre-Memorial Day. So as more people, I mean, a lot of people, especially the diehards, will say there's no such thing as barbecue season, right? We grill all year round. Right. But a lot of people, even people who grill all year round, there tends to be more opportunities for gathering people a little bit more laid back in the summer, uh, more people to feed, more people around. And it just happens to, to be on the barbecue a lot of the time. So yeah, we really... 
are ready to rock and roll for the summer season. When you track your hits and traffic to the website, is this one of the biggest days of the year for people might be looking for recipes or side dishes? I think your website in particular, Susie Todd, is, is a bit different because it's not just main dishes. It's a slew of yeah. anything that you would need. So maybe you have the mains down or maybe you have the sides down and you're looking for one or the other so you can go there and really be able to present some great food. But from a, a website standpoint, is this the busiest day of the year for you guys? Uh, actually, we see more people cooking November for Thanksgiving and December for Christmas dinners, believe it or not. So Memorial Day is huge. We see a massive spike, but it's we see- five. Yeah, it's top five. Our, our biggest tend to be Memorial Day, 4th of July, Father's Thanksgiving, Day. Christmas, Father's and Day. Father's Day. Mm -hmm. Those seem to be, we have a pretty big spike around the Super Bowl. A lot of people cooking barbecue around the Super Bowl. Um, so those, those tend to be our peaks, but yeah, we're, once we hit Memorial Day, it's, everybody's cooking a lot more throughout the summer. So. Susie and Todd Bullock joining us here on the show. Of course, the website, HayGrillHay.com, socially at HayGrillHay. So check them out there and follow yeah. if you aren't. And uh, you were saying we have recipes for everything. I think we, we just published our 500th recipe in the last quarter since we talked last time. So literally, if you wow. can grill it or smoke it, we probably have a recipe for it somewhere on the website. <laughs> this is a divergent question than what I had on the outline, but I was talking with Chuck Blount, who's a food and barbecue writer down at the San Antonio Express News, and he's following a trend. And since you typically have your fingers on the pulse of what's happening, a little more restaurant related, I guess, but didn't know if you had heard about it. He was saying he's noticed in a lot of the major barbecue restaurants in his area, what's making an appearance on the menu but a smoked hamburger. So number one, is that surprising to you? Number two, is that something that I could find on the Hey Grill Hey website? Number three, do you like that or are you down with it? Not surprising, number one. Number two, I think I've had a smoked hamburger recipe out on my site for five of the seven, I don't know, at least five years. Wow. Uh, they're super popular. We might rank, if you search smoked burgers or smoked hamburgers, I think we're either one or two. Hopefully. I don't know. We're on the, we're on the page. If you just type it in the old Google, but yeah, smoked hamburgers are fantastic. There are some fat ratios that I think we're always looking for when we're doing a smoked burger because it's a lower temperature. Uh, I like to actually season and then smoke, and then I will finish with a sear at the end because I think texturally that's really nice. Um, a lot of things that are interesting about smoked burgers is if you're doing sausage, you see this a lot too, but ground meat sucks in the pink when you're doing something like, it's not even a smoke ring because burgers aren't generally that thick. It will be pink edge to edge. And I've, the first time I made smoked burgers, we had friends over and I'm temping these suckers furiously. Like these are freaking done, but we bit into it and they looked completely raw. And I just had to be like, trust the thermopen. Right. I know that they're done, but they look absolutely uncooked uh, just because the amount of smoke, that pink smoke, you know, chemical reaction that happens with the meat is so vibrant. It goes all the way through. Uh, so they're flavor, super though. fun. Yeah, they're delicious. Yeah, I noticed chopped meat, especially as you said, really takes on that smoke uh, to a healthy degree, so much so that I was a big fan a number of years ago when I was had my own barbecue form back in the day when that was a hit technology. 
it was uh, smoked meatloaf on the Weber Smoky Mountain. Yeah. And that, that now that did a smoke ring, but that thing was like three inches. It was, uh, you know, just <laughs> incredible. Very impressive. People would take pictures of it because it looked so different than what you would yeah, see on a yeah on a brisket or whatever. So by the way, just did a quick Google search, and as you guessed it, number one, smoked hamburgers. Yes. Thank you. you I had nothing to do with that. But yeah, we've had that recipe up for years. Um, (laughs) Because smoked burgers, I think it's, I think it's an easy first step for people who are new to the smoking world. Uh, Especially if you just got a smoker in your backyard, you're wondering what to cook on it. If you already had a grill, you're familiar with burgers. You're familiar with hot dogs. The technique is not that different in terms of, you know, how you form the patty. You don't want to flip it too many times. You definitely don't want to press it. A lot of the things carry over, but the flavor is very unique. It's very different than what you're going to get from a grilled burger. Texturally, it's slightly different as well. And so I think it gives people a great introduction to smoking things. It doesn't take all day. You can do them in an hour and then you can top them with whatever you want because you stick with that classic beef flavor to start. And, you know, the world's your oyster after that. I'm seeing a lot of like brisket burgers, like it's what they're we doing, their ground, ground brisket and making a burger out of and it. And I think that's really resourceful, especially, I mean, right now, dollars per pound is on everybody's mind, especially yep. in the meat world and inflation. It's insane. So we want to make the most out of everything that we're paying for at the butcher counter. I, I you know, I have a recipe teaching you how to make beef tallow from the trimmings of your brisket. You want to save that, but you also trim off quite a bit of meat. We save that and freeze it and grind our own burgers. You push it once through, you know, the thicker setting and once through the fine setting, and it's the perfect grind for burgers. It has an amazing fat ratio. It's awesome smoked. We have a we have a recipe coming out mm, later this summer. We develop recipes a few weeks ahead. Um, but yeah, we have a smoked brisket burger coming out with jalapenos. You treat it like a brisket, mm-hmm. like almost you'd make a brisket sandwich at a barbecue joint, you know? It has all that brisket flavor, all the fattiness, and it's smoked, so you get all the smokiness. And then we top it with pickled jalapenos and red onions and our Texas-style barbecue sauce, and it's legit. This past, well, not this past weekend, but uh, a week ago and a few days, Memphis in May happened. You went last year, weren't able to go this year. But the question is this, and I had asked you guys in advance if you were going again, and you said, oh, you know, we had some things come up. And, Uh, you know, by the way, if you don't know, like, behind the scenes, you know, Todd and Susie are – Active parents, they have uh, youngish kids who are probably involved in a whole bunch of nonsense. I've been there. So, how do you May find May is the hardest time of year to be a parent, right? Uh, let alone the other eleven months. But you know, May is the hardest. Oh so my gosh. How do you find the balance between the barbecue stuff, the website stuff, the business stuff? They all run together, and being a parent to your kids again, relatively young, so no drivers or anything like that. So at the worst, you're chauffeuring all around and you have more than two kids. So now you have potential of being all over the general area. Um, I've always been one that has said, no matter what, show or family, families always come first because there's always going to be a lot of one-time things that happen that if I was at a contest or an event or doing some type of nonsense that I wouldn't get to see that thing with my families uh, or, or with my daughters occur. And I wanted to see that. And then after the fact, you know, there'll always be another this or, or another that. So how do you guys work together to prioritize family and business? Because it all kind of runs together for you guys. 
Uh, family first and foremost is always the priority we lean to. I mean, I built the business because I wanted to be in the barbecue community, but I had to be able to stay at home with my kids. Uh, Todd was working full time as an accountant, and that was our breadwinning, you know, that was how we survived. That's how we paid our bills. And so when I built Hey Grill Hey, it was with the concept of how can I continue developing recipes? How can I share the message of backyard barbecue and that literally anybody can do it? I'm like raising kids. I've said this before, but my kids grew up cutting their teeth on rib bones. And it was very family oriented and family atmosphere from the beginning. And we built the business around that. And so when we have a hard decision to make, it doesn't make it that hard when you know, families on the line. Cause that's, that's what, that's what comes first for us. This year was hard too. I was, so Susie had already backed out. We had, we had uh, kind of linked on to cook with Phil the grill and our friend Kyle out of Arizona. They took fourth and shoulder by the they way. They did yeah. amazing. Freaking incredible. Sunny Moody was there with yeah, them. So we were supposed to be helping them. Um, and I was going to drive down to Phoenix and then drive over to Memphis with Phil <laughs> and Kyle's dad. And literally at the 11th hour, I backed out because I mean, our kid had a report on Orville, right? He was doing, our daughter had a choir concert. We we were launching the grill squad. Like we just had too much going on. And luckily Phil was very understanding, uh, super incredible. But yeah, I mean, just family first. We had to back out at the last minute. We were planning on being there, but we just couldn't make it happen. Yeah. You just referenced it, Todd, and we've spoken about it in passing a few different times here um, over the last year or so that you guys have been coming on quarterly, and that is the thing called the Grill Squad. So there oh, was a dressed for the occasion. Is it a relaunch? Is that what we're promoting here tonight, or what's what's new with it? Yeah, so the Grill Squad is like our online barbecue community, but it's also our educational platform. Um, there's a ton of information available online. And you can spend hours watching videos, and I think that's fantastic. I love the the free sharing of information, but I wanted to be able to do more, and there really isn't a platform conducive right now to long format video. I'm like 30 minute plus video. Um, that's very instructional. It's not something, I, honestly, if it were a TV show that we could produce for a TV network, that's the length that we're talking about. It's very informative. And so we call them our pit master classes. We have seven pit master classes. We're rolling out four new classes this year. And it gives me that opportunity to go in depth in a way that I can't on other platforms. Mm -hmm. So it's really, um, really informational. We have printable workbooks that go along with each of our pitmaster classes. Uh, a lot of people ask me, do you have a cookbook? No, but I have the grill squad and there are recipes and <laughs> workbooks and information that like I can just pour into you and you know, you can take that and be successful in barbecue without as much of a learning curve. I think the learning curve is fun in some ways, but it can get costly and time consuming in other ways, especially if you've got a family to feed. So I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So that's what the Grill Squad started as. Um, we're building on that now and we just relaunched, like I said, we're adding new classes this year, but we also introduced a welcome box. So when you join the Grill Squad, instead of just the digital classes, you get a tangible handheld physical thing and we ship you a welcome box with a custom Grill Squad apron. And as you complete the Pitmaster classes, we actually will send you a patch that you can iron onto your apron 
and kind of show off your pitmaster swag. And we have a private Facebook community. We do giveaways every single month. And it's a really, um, I know there's one of the patches. <laughs> it's a really supportive and fun community. Todd and I say it's like our little piece of barbecue paradise because that's where our barbecue family hangs out is in the grill squad. Uh, a lot of communities, I mean, you've run forums before. A lot of people are very opinionated about barbecue and sometimes there's disparaging comments made about somebody's cook. You've seen them online or what type of smoker you're using or this or that. But the Grill Squad is a very learning-based group of individuals. And so everybody is supportive and eager and willing to help. And there's no negativity. And it's awesome. I love it so much. <laughs> is it a monthly sub or do you pay once a year or how does it work? Yearly. Yeah, once a year. And another perk is that you get access to the Hey Grill Hey app, which has all of our recipes on there um, with no ads. So if you're somebody that uses the website regularly and you're like, man, ads kill me, ads unfortunately pay for us to continue hosting the website and developing recipes. So they're like a necessary evil in the world of food development. Um, but if you would rather just look at the recipes, the app is a great place to start and the, the the grill squad gives you a free premium membership to the app as well. Last Wednesday, um, it'll be two Wednesdays ago tomorrow, actually, uh, nine finalists for the Barbecue Hall of Fame were announced exclusively here on the Barbecue Central Show, of course. You've seen the list, I hope. I think I sent it over. Which yeah. four of the nine would you be putting in if you had a vote? Uh, Leanne Whippen would be my first, and that's very personal because she is one of the first women in barbecue that I was publicly exposed to uh, through, you know, the old school first season of Barbecue Pitmasters. And when I really fell in love with barbecue just a couple of years after that, I remembered Leanne and I remember that feeling of like, she can hang. I can hang. Like there's there's a space for me in this world. Um and so for me, she was really inspirational. We were on Barbecue Brawl together for a season. Season three is out right now. We've been watching every Monday. It's amazing. Um, the competitors on there are killing it. But I was able to compete with Leanne in season one, and the two of us made it into the finale, and I got to cook a whole hog against her. And she is a class act. She has amazing integrity. She works hard for everything that she has. And for me personally, she's made the biggest impact in terms of me stepping into the barbecue space. And I told her that in person. I'm so grateful that I was able to, but she's she's been really inspirational for me personally. So that's my number one. All right. We're looking at the list right now. Um, I mean, tough. They all I, <laughs> it is tough. <laughs> Honestly, for us, like, I, I, this is going to sound silly, but like Joe Traeger, um, I know there's a lot of hate on pellet grills, but my goodness, like I think it's coming around to a, a a a bigger general acceptance. I do see yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What I see more of now is people taking a dump on gas grills than pellet grills. It used to be <laughs> the antithesis of that, but now gas grills are bad. Anything. I don't no. get it. But yeah, I think if we're outside feeding people, gosh dang it, good yeah, for you. Right. I literally anything. could not care less what you cook on. That's right. Our first grill was a camp grill like a tiny propane bottle $18 Walmart special <laughs> our second grill we got for free off of Craigslist and it was also a gas grill um so I don't know I don't care cook whatever you want yeah. but yeah, Joe I think Traeger these pellet grills this yeah. it's 
he they've single-handedly created this wave that's how we got into barbecue like that was our gateway drug into barbecue was a traeger grill so on in my mind i think joe traeger deserves a spot in there and i know these other people are I, i'm just ignorant with the history of barbecue especially in the south so that's my problem but i mean i live in utah sorry guys <laughs> Susie, do you want to pick more or we just want to stick with two um no we went through and we looked uh we looked at the list i would love to see flora Payne in there because i think more women should be in the hall of fame mm-hmm. if women have made a notable contribution in the space of barbecue recognition uh should be received i think that's fantastic and uh steve grady because we love the history of that that's that whole hog that whole hog carolina style yep. cooking i think that's awesome well that and i think it's worthy of preserving that's the four that they would put in had they been able to vote the uh, leanne whip and joe traeger floor Payne, steve grady so we all will be revealed tomorrow exclusively here on the show 3 p.m eastern so we'll see who actually gets in in the second hour the embedded correspondents and i will also tackle this list and uh, try to come to a quorum of four people that we all agree on that we think should go in, and I'm going to ask Derek Riches here right after you guys. So, uh, anything else before I let you guys go this evening? Uh, Barbecue is awesome. Yeah. I hope you all cook food for people that you love on whatever type of grill you have. We're just super grateful. We've received so much support and love from the barbecue community, and yeah. just we couldn't be more grateful and and just happy to be a part of the Cool Kids Crew. If you've ever cooked one of our recipes, you're you're inducted into our Hall of Fame. There you go. <laughs> there uh, you go. Susie and Todd, always appreciate the fact that you share a quarter every, uh, every a visit every quarter during the last uh, year and a half. And uh, everything that you're bringing to the show, I certainly appreciate. And we look forward to three months from now. Thanks for doing it. Thanks, Thanks. Greg. You got it. There they are, Susie and All guests appear by the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. You can find them at heygrillhay.com. You can join the grill squad that has been relaunched, if you're so inclined, and get access to uh, the longer or more in-depth videos. Uh, you're not winning any large views anymore on YouTube with 30-minute uh, videos that really go in-depth, so I certainly appreciate them putting the effort into that and then having a space for it as well. Derek Riches is in the green room. We'll talk to him about the Hall of Fame picks that he has coming up. In the meantime, I will talk to you about Primo Grills. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that they can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip roaring hot for high temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing? And the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers, the real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire and a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grill and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute a two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. Really... When you break it down, there are more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo cooker, so you're only limited by your culinary imagination. They have a bunch of accessories as well, like the Primo Grill rotisserie accessory, or the pizza accessory, or the half-drip pan when you're doing a two-zone fire. Also, the rib rack, there's more stuff coming. Sold through dealers only, so find them online, primogrill.com. The bottom line is this, best ceramics in the biz, patented technology, 
true two-zone cooking capabilities, multiple sizes, and yes, if you just have to have a round Primo, they have them. But I would say consider the Oval because it's a little bit different. It gives you two-zone cooking capabilities. Visit PrimoGrill.com to find that dealer near you or check them out on Facebook and Instagram. PrimoGrill.com. We're back with Derek Riches right after this. Stick around. We will be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase or to see what other products they have that lend a little smoky goodness to whatever protein or vegetable that you might be cooking. Whatever it is, cookingpellets.com. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time to go to the hotline and welcome in one of the most respected barbecue journalists in the biz via the Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX hotline. Hey, there he is, Derek Riches. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How you doing? Well, we're going to be putting you on the hot seat here in just a second, like we did Susie and Todd Bullock from Hey Grill Hey here in just a moment as we ask you who your four people putting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame that will once again be revealed here on the show, 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. It will be a live show tomorrow. We'll do it live. We will do it live tomorrow. It's not pre-taped pre-recorded when and or otherwise again? tomorrow 3 p.m live. Tomorrow? We'll do it live we will do it live <laughs> okay. yes before we do okay. that wanted to ask you about a couple other things that are newish live local late breaking the first of which not necessarily a happy thing but i think important to get as someone who has followed the history of barbecue and grilling and has also followed the subsequent technology of barbecue and grilling it would be Foolish of me not to ask you if you had any thoughts on the passing of Ray Basso, who, as I laid out last week during a technical issue with a guest, who he was, uh, what he founded, and how he was really one of the more influential people in connecting folks that were nowhere near each other as that technology was evolving with his forum called the Barbecue Forum, the BBQForum.com. So uh, what do you remember, or did you ever cross paths with him, or did you ever visit the forum? What do you know, and, and what do you think he brought to the Live Fire community? Yeah, I mean, I remember um, first getting into the barbecue forum not long after it had kind of launched and just kind of having this feeling of these people are way ahead of me. I, you know, um, and, you know, it's like, I'm not going to post it. I'm not going to ask anything. I will read but you know uh but just you know the exchange of ideas the wealth of information um uh, you know that was what was great about ray uh is that he 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 got that dialogue going and you know anyone who's tried to run a barbecue forum knows it can go sideways so quickly mm. um and he managed to kind of shepherd really well you know in 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 that he could kind of help keep it 
on topic and keep people moving forward. And that was, and that was kind of what made that space great. Um, you know, for all the years, I mean, actually it still runs, um, is it's just that, um, and, and the positivity that, you know, he helped foster with that. I mean, you know, he was instrumental in starting the first barbecue hall of fame and, you know, getting people together and, you know, getting teams together and, you know, working to kind of help people establish teams, uh, you know, you know, as, as someone who should, uh, you know, in my opinion, be in the hall of fame, I think mm -hmm. that Ray Basso's name should really be there. Not because he drew so much attention to himself, but because he brought so much attention to everyone else and he helped foster an environment where people who didn't know anything about barbecue could kind of learn and explore and move on. I, I don't think competitive barbecue would be what it is today with, without him. And I don't think that barbecue would be the global thing that it is without him. Um, it's hard. It's, it's hard. You know, I, I know a lot of people who are new today, just kind of coming into barbecue, don't understand that, you know, 25 years ago, barbecue was an unknown thing in most of the United States, let alone the world. And suddenly there was a community of people all over the place, just kind of like, hey, how do I do this? And where do I source this? And, you know, how do I, you know, how do I do this? And what he did made, I, it made a better world for all of us that are in it now. So, I mean, that's my thoughts on it. And he, he was a nice person at that too. When I look back on my time back then when forums were getting going and really the lifeblood of uh, people being able to share their thoughts on different tips and techniques. That was one that I found out very quickly. There's no messing around there. You're not going to go on and be able to promote something else. You're not going to be able to link yeah. to something else. I always said back then that he was a ruler with an iron fist. He would delete stuff in without giving it a second thought, not contacting you if he didn't like it or it didn't fit within his box of what's acceptable to post on that forum, it was deleted. He then might follow up with a direct message saying, if you do it again, I'm going to ban you. There were plenty of Ray Basso yeah. haters because they thought he was way too intense, way too ruly, as you said, keeping a orderly form. And back then, I was one of those guys. I didn't get it. I said, why are you so uptight? Why not be able to start linking to other things or uh, promoting somebody else. And uh, his reaction was always, if you want to do it, if you think you can do better, start one yourself, see how well that goes. And luckily I had had one through uh, for a couple of years, I guess, as, as it started to grow the barbecue for you forum, which later turned into the barbecue central right. forum, which eventually spawned this show and how it sits today. But without him, I agree. It was somebody who had, a competition barbecue would not be where it is today without him. 100% agree with that. And I think if you ask any competition barbecuer that frequented that website, they were on it all the time, multiple times a day, posting, sharing oh, results, yeah. talking yeah. about what the next competition was, posting pics of turn-in boxes. This was all stuff happening well before Facebook was instrumental in having turn-in box Facebook groups or rate my turn-in box or things like this. 
this was all precursors to what we happen to know now is commonplace. And as you said, for people that are just getting into it now, it's always important in any industry or any sector or any subculture to know the history of it and where we see it today wasn't like what it was 10 years ago and 15 years ago. And Ray was mm-hmm. a big part of bringing barbecue into the mainstream, as you said, and then connecting people that were nowhere near each other and fostering these new online relationships that we take for granted. You know, for me to sit here and say, or for a lot of people to sit here and say, some of my best friends that I have are online. I've never met them in person, but yeah. the connections that we've made seem so real, like we've just grew up together and that we meet regularly and maybe it's through calls and texts and video chats and stuff like this. And Ray was a beginner and a connector of those relationships that we're experiencing today. So uh, the other thing I agree with you on is he should be in the in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. He definitely has one of my votes for uh, legacy for uh, yeah. because they're adding uh, a third uh, person to go in as legacy. But I would vote for him for legacy, no doubt about it. And I thought he should have won in as a living member for the past uh, three, four, five years uh, to anybody that would listen. So um, definitely a person, if you're not familiar with, you'd want to do a little research on and, and see. But as you hear Derek and I talking about it, a very important person in the continued evolution of the the culture of barbecue, no doubt about it. A little business before we, we wouldn't go ahead. Yeah, we wouldn't be having this conversation 100%. right now if it weren't for him. I mean, plain and simple. Anyone who listens to this has to understand that I think without his work, you and I wouldn't be here right now. No doubt, we wouldn't be doing this. No doubt. Um, before we get into the barbecue hall of fame picks. Any new news going on as far as uh, patent filings or anything <laughs> like this that we want to mention and then pontificate on? Well, so uh, interestingly enough, in the last couple of weeks, Traeger has dropped uh, two patents and a trademark filing. Uh, the first patent they issued was for a self-cleaning fire pot mechanism. Fire pot. So... Firepot. Yeah, basically clean the ash out of your pellet grill yep. automatically. So nice, but not terribly interesting. <clears throat> but the second patent, which kind of seems to pile onto that, it, it, it takes the design there and it goes to a next step. And that is for a cold smoke mode. Um, and, and the patent actually kind of details the technical information about how this is accomplished. You know the the rate of auger speed the fire pot temperatures igniter settings but also a change in the fire pot design that would allow a pellet grill to operate at an eternal temperature um you know depending upon what the out what your outside weather is doing as low as 40 degrees with still producing smoke so um this, you know, I mean, we're, we're kind of in rumor space here, but um, it would be an interesting add-on. I mean, triggers usually can run a little bit colder than a lot of pellet grills, but, you know, this added functionality um, could actually be a, you know, a big move for them. If we're guessing, is it a, would that be passed through a firmware update or would you have to get a grill that had that installed on it like a hardware piece or something it appears that that the design of the fire pot has to be modified from what it currently is that the wood pellets have to basically 
be a little bit more controlled in where they kind of fall in and how they feed a little bit. I don't know if this is going to mean that, you know, in, in a year or two, that modification will go into place if there's going to be some sort of retro kit to it. Um, but I think it is more than just a software upgrade. <laughs> so, but, you know, it, it does show that they're trying to, you know, I mean, they're, they're staying on the idea of wood pellets, but trying to add an extra layer of functionality to gain some you know, some competitive advantage. And of course, you know, by going for these patents now, try and lock other people out. And the other thing is they, they have issued a trademark for something called, what is it? Flat rock or rock flat or yeah, now I can't remember what it was. Something like that. Um, but basically, uh, it's a flat top grill. I mean, the way the trademark is defined, um, it would appear that, yeah, it's called flat rock. And the way the, the, um, the trademark is defined, described is a flat top cooking mechanism. Would this, so would this, this be akin be a to line. a Blackstone or is this going to be an insert that you would take out one of the cooking grates and stick that in there for a, a flat top experience? What we know is it's a product line that they're that they've that they've registered a trademark for. Oh. I think we could be looking at something along that line, but the question is is if they do a flat if they do a flat top grill, a full unit that way, are they looking at a pellet powered right. flat top? And does that make sense? Or could they be trying to expand out? I mean, you know, I, I know that, that Jeremy Andrus is always going to say we're all about wood pellets, but... He said it in February when I interviewed him. I asked if he would get uh, yeah. into something else, you know, stay within the live fire space, but branch out of pellets. And he said, no, we'll stay with the core business of pellets, which would then lead me to believe that they might opt to try and make a wood-burning flat top, which would seem perhaps as inefficient as you could possibly get. I mean, pellets are already, um, I don't know if people really understand the expense of pellets. I mean, they go, they buy a 40 pound bag, but, but like per pound, it's pretty expensive to run a pellet grill. So why would you yeah. do that uh, on something that you could run propane through? Again, it goes against the core business, but it seems to me a pellet fired uh, flat top would be almost a little too outside of the box for these guys. Well, they've already got a line of, you know, griddles to fit into the new, you know, timber line. So I'm not seeing that they're necessarily talking in the accessory space. And you're absolutely right. I mean, a gas powered flat top is much, much more efficient than a pellet powered one would be. This could be them trying to keep some options open hmm. as well. So, you know, we have to see where they go and what they're going to have to do to get their stock price up. Yeah, that seems to be uh, tailing every day. I think it closed around $4.67 today at the Bell. Yeah, it's technically probably in the penny stock market. Yeah, no doubt. Penny stock range. So We'll keep an eye on that and the stock price, of course. Before I let you go, of course, I'm going to be asking you to give me your four living inducted names 
I didn't know if you knew this or not tomorrow, Derek, but at 3 p.m. Eastern, we will be announcing who actually makes it into the Barbecue Hall of Fame in a live show. We'll do it live. Right. We're going to do it live. But who out of the nine so, do you think should tomorrow be Tomorrow at in? 3 Eastern. We'll do it live. We'll do that it live. That would be right. 2 o'clock Central. That's right. So th- this is new information to me. That's right. And I'm glad exclusive. that, you know. Exclusive. Exclusive. So, I'm, so I now know what's going on here. Um, okay. So... My picks and I are you impressed with the list or is the list lacking? Uh, well, I, or is, I mean, is I this where we're at with the list? Well, you know, I mean, last year I was kind of rooting for Bill Arnold. And now he's going to fall into the legacy category. Mm-hmm. And partly because I'm known, I knew Bill for so long. Right. And, you know, I mean, Plus a two-time People living nominee, I think, last year was his second time on the list as well. Right, yeah. And, and you know, the fact that he didn't get to live to see that. A shame. That kind of sucked. Totally. I, you know, I mean, I don't know that we have a lot of repeats on this year's list. Yeah, we have John like. Marcus. We have Joe Traeger. We have Darren Ward. Yeah. We have Leanne Whippen. We have Ed Mitchell. So more than half right. of the nine are repeats at least once. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a bit of that. And I think at some point they're going to have to come back and go, if you haven't gotten in after three times, we might just take you off the list for a while. That might be a good move on their part. I am going to say Ed Mitchell. Yeah? Um, I just, yeah, okay. I am. I just, I, I think there's, I think there's something there for that. Um, I think he's due. I mean, you know, and looking who's in there, and I know that, you know, past incarnations, all that sort of stuff, Ed Fisher is in there, and that means Joe Traeger should be in there. Um, Ed Fisher did not invent the Kamado grill, but he gets a lot of credit because of Big Green Egg. Yep. Um, so, you know, I mean, I personally, I don't know that I would have Ed in there, but I think that Joe Traeger deserves it. He did actually invent yeah, the thing. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, as we talk about now, you know, this is a revolution in kind of barbecue going on. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Joe. Um, I am going to go with Leanne. I, I heard what uh, Susie had to say earlier, and I do really fan. believe that Leanne opened a lot of doors. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I, I am aware that there are some people who may not necessarily agree that way i i vacillate um leanne whipping to the nth degree tomorrow i wake up and i'm pro leanne the next day i wake up and go maybe i'm not and then the next day i wake that, up and go i am pro leanne yeah and that's also very leanne just that 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 <laughs> element to it you know i mean i get that i get that i've met her a few times and i'm like uh, uh yeah but i do kind of think she she trailblazed a bit yep. and she had a lot to kind of overcome i mean i remember a lot of people saying oh well you know she just stands out front and other you know she's got some guys in the back to do all the work definitely like, not. i don't believe that definitely not definitely not that is not true and she had a lot of that to overcome so um I'm going to go with Leanne yep. on this. You can write it down. Got it. You can score me next time. Um, and then after that, I get, I'm not sure. Really? Yeah. I wow. mean, okay. So I've known Byron for a long, Byron for a long time. And, you know, I remember when, you know, the butt rub was 
you know, the great pun in barbecue as well as kind of like the trailblazing. Yeah. That was like the biggest, the, the first commercial rub to come out that hit across the country, it seems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the first one to kind of get national attention, partly because of the name and the marketing that went with it. But, you know, he did, the, you know, he, he did the work for it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hedging that way a bit. Um, and that's maybe Darren, but maybe I'm going to go with Byron. All right. Yeah. I, I, that's a hard thing to say. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but I, you know, I think that, a, that last year there was better choices. It was, maybe it was a little clearer. Hmm. Um, but that's just, you know, and since I'm going to do four this year, um, I, I'll, I'll just, you know, say, Hey, Byron's my alternate. All right. So we got Ed Mitchell, we got Joe Traeger, we got Leanne Whippen, and we got uh, Bad Byron. Yeah. All right. So we will see how you score out. Um, we'll all know tomorrow after probably around 320 as we, About you know, lead three, it in a little tomorrow, bit. Tomorrow, live. Around 320. Yeah, live. Tomorrow. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. So. Next month, we'll score you and see how well you did, and uh, we'll see how everybody else did as we're doing picks here. Otherwise, uh, you can see Derek right here at the fourth Tuesday at the 35 past the first hour segment or read all of his writings and musings over at DerekRiches.com. Derek, always appreciate the time, and we'll see you in June. Yeah, talk to you next month. All right, there he is. Derek Riches right there. All guests appear via the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. And read him again at DerekRiches.com. Always enjoy chatting with Derek and getting his take on the world of live fire. Yoder Smokers designing and building their products right here in the States and building pride through craftsmanship, world-class customer service, the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translating into what can be a truly bespoke style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family, honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet grills to wood-fired offset pits and charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor becomes synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design, unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values. American-made quality, endless flavor, the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Visit Yodersmokers.com. We'll be back right after this to wrap up the first hour. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. The segment brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro, Fireboard Spark. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. 
And we do thank Derek Riches for joining us last segment. Weighing in on some new Traeger news. A couple new patents that were coming out. The self-cleaning burn pot and a corresponding cold smoke mode. And we'll love your feedback on if you think they're going to be bringing a flat top grill to market. We are pointed to the second hour, refresh libations, and we'll be back shortly. Stick around, be right back.